His authority is total, so long as his wife says so. It's the Church of Spence-tology podcast. Here's your host, Spence. Sure. I'd like to think I'm in charge, that I'm the king of the castle. I'm the lord of the manor. <laughs> I built things this week, man. I'll tell you about that in a second. But my authority is very minimal, and frankly, I don't want the responsibility, right? If your authority is total, that means you're responsible for everything. Now, certain people can be, in name and title, responsible for everything, and then absolutely claim uh, no responsibility whatsoever. But, you know, I'm not in that position, okay? I'm just an unemployed former radio broadcaster just trying to find my way. A former unemployed radio broadcaster, by the way. Uh, Hello, my name is Spence. I used to work at 98.5 KLUC in Las Vegas back in the heady days of 2019 where we were carefree. We had no problems, no issues. Everything was wonderful. Uh, But I finally received my... Well, first of all, let me say this. I've never filed for unemployment ever, which is kind of a kick to the nuts, I must tell you. Because, I, you know... It's almost like I'm thankful for it, but I don't want it. But I got my, my official Bank of America debit card, and it says Nevada across the top. It's got the MasterCard logo on the bottom, because it's a debit card, but they don't have ma- you know the two circles, the orange and yellow circle, but it doesn't say MasterCard. It just has the circles as almost as if MasterCard was like, um, this is for unemployment. We really don't want to be a part of that scene. So, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to getting some money, because I don't have any. I'm out of money, like you. But what I noticed, and I thought this was pretty funny, uh, you know, whatever you receive, 400 bucks, whatever it might be, and then if you're so lucky to get the $600, you know, federal unemployment piled on top, you know, the... The state unemployment insurance is goes for six months. The the federal six hundred dollars a month goes for four. If I'm correct on all of this, so for those four months, if you're getting let's say four hundred from the state and six hundred from federal, that's a thousand dollars a week. For that four month period, it's the same as making forty eight grand a year. It's pretty good, right? That's more than teachers make. I know, <laughs> I know people that now are unemployed that used to work in radio that being unemployed from radio will pay more than their radio job ever did, ever, <laughs> or is ever likely to pay. Understand that. So, like you, I'm sitting here with a window on my Pro Tools, is how I record the uh, the Church of Spence-tology podcast, and another window trying to get onto the State of Nevada site so I can try to collect my uh, unemployment. I have been unsuccessful now for two hours and 13 minutes. Episode 130 of the Church of Spence-tology podcast. I mentioned earlier that I am Lord of the Manor, that I am King of the Castle. That's because I did a do-it-yourself project. Man, do I feel good about myself right now. I am a handyman. I don't do those things. But it's gotten to that point, right? How many stupid songs can you record? How many dumb things can you do in the studio where you got to get out and get your hands dirty? I built something. <laughs> Tell you about that coming up in uh, in just a second. Also, 
you know, a lot of people on, on social media are asking about different shows that you don't want to miss out on. I have a list of three that I've been watching the last couple of weeks. And I know, uh, you know, we, we've already gone through Tiger King and, and, uh, and Ozark and Hunters and all this. But I have three that maybe you've already seen, but I just caught on to and... They're actually really good, so we'll do that coming up in just a second. But first, speaking of authority in total, the president says one word to someone that you and I never could get away with, especially if it was a woman in our life. Here is CNN's Caitlin Collins. A quick question about something you just said. You said when someone is president of the United States, their authority is total. That is not true. Who, who okay, you know what we're going to do? Oh, so she continues to badger him. And by the way, I love her. Caitlin Collins from CNN. Who told you that? That is... <laughs> I could picture a mother talking to her teenage son, and he has said something profoundly stupid from the backseat of the minivan. And she's looking in the rearview mirror at her with this disgusted look on, on her face going, Who told you that? So <laughs> she continues to badger the president about him having total authority. And then he says the one word I was talking about. Go ahead, please. But who told you the president has the total authority? Enough. Enough, he says. Kind of like that mother I was just talking about. She's arguing at the house with the teen son the entire time because, you know, his bud Josh gets to do this and that. Why can't I do that? He gets to, and it goes on. It goes through dinner into the, and finally mom turns around about face, red faced. You could see it in her eyes. She raises one finger up and she says, enough. And you knew it was done. President turned into mama bear right there. But can you imagine, I don't know who your significant other is. But if I'm in a heated battle with mine, oh my God, do you know what would happen is if I tried, if I tried to shut down the argument with enough? My wife watches a lot of crime shows. She has told me repeatedly that she knows how to get away with it. That might prompt her to find a situation that she could get away with. Enough. Please, for the sake of your relationship, for the sake of your life, do not use that against your significant other. The Church of Spence-tology. He's flattening the curve by fattening his curves. Here's Spence. Coming up, an Easter theme song of the week. We also have three TV shows that you may want to see if you haven't seen them already and why I could be confused as one of the Property Brothers. I'm not sure which one, but the guy that builds stuff, not the guy that the other guy. That's next. The uh, Church of Spence-tology podcast is brought to you by Carol Baskin's Clue, Who Killed Don? Bored at home? Play the classic board game Clue with a new twist. Yo, you cool cats and kittens. It's Carol Baskin's Clue, Who Killed Don? Was it Colonel Mustard with a candlestick in Cougar Mountain? No. How about Miss Scarlet in the Bobcat Habitat with a wrench? No. Then it had to be Professor Plum with a lead pipe in the lion's den. No, you idiot. It was Carol Baskin. Tell him, Joe. Carol Baskin. Baskin. Carol Baskin. Carol Baskin. Clue. Who killed Don? Carol Baskin! Yeah, okay, we know who, but you, you still have to figure out where and with what. It's Carol Baskin's Clue. Who killed Don? From Parker Brothers. He's unemployed, and he knows exactly who to blame. That Carol Baskin. Here's Spence. Are we done with that, by the way? Let's kind of jump the shark. 
I don't. I haven't seen the uh, the new episode, and I really don't know much about it. The uh, they bring back the cast members of the Tiger King documentary, and they all talk shit. Is that? I really don't know. Sure is fun though. It's me. It definitely has made the. Uh, the time, uh, you know, social distancing a little bit better. Uh, here's a few other ways to, to make that a little better as well. Stuff on your TV you may not have seen that you really should see on your TV. Or tablet, you know, or, or PC, you know, iPhone, whatever. Uh, three shows that, that maybe you haven't seen that uh, I, think, I think you should really... I'm, I'm shocked that I didn't notice these three. The first one, if you like documentaries, is one called Wild Wild Country. Have you seen this about the, uh, the Bhagwan Sri Rajneesh? If you're older, you may remember the name. Basically, the Rajneeshis like, took over a little town in like north-central Oregon. It's crazy. The story's crazy. It happened in the uh, late 70s, early 80s. This is a six-episode Netflix uh, documentary series called Wild Wild Country. came out in 2018. And it's about the Bhagwan and his personal assistant, Manand Sheila, and Rajneesh Puram in Wasco County, Oregon. They basically decided to leave India. And this Bhagwan was like... Uh, Huge capitalist, but he had this kind of free love, free sex. It was almost like for, for hippies a generation later, like after the 60s, like maybe the free love kids of those hippies, they needed something. And they dressed all in kind of um, maroon, kind of in red. They leave India and they decide to buy land. They buy this muddy river ranch out in the middle of nowhere, Oregon. And they decide to build, build a commune. And it's crazy. And the story is absolutely nuts. Where you have all these old ranchers and these old white people, and they're like, uh, we're Christians, we're not down with whatever's going on over there. And it goes nuts. There is all kinds of intrigue. There's poisonings. There's bombings. There's assault weapons. See the documentary. Netflix, once again, it's Wild Wild Country. Really good. Another show that I just started watching that's, that's been out for a couple of years, in fact, two seasons worth, also on Netflix, was The, uh, the Kaminsky Method. And I saw it, you know, nominated for all those awards. It, it stars Michael Douglas and Alan Arkin. By the way, Michael Douglas is 75. Alan Arkin is, you're not going to believe this, but he's 86. And it's basically two old dudes hanging out there's two eight episode seasons already there there's no talk uh, of a third season yet there's been some rumblings but they haven't announced anything and you know they've been nominated for a bunch of awards and the show is really good um the creator of it is chuck Lorre. if you know that name or it kind of sounds familiar he's the guy that uh, created big bang theory and two and a half men among other shows i think mom was another one that he created so the Kaminsky method is is sitcom form. It's twenty to thirty minutes per episode, and it's really good. Now, again, the lead actors are seventy five and eighty six. So there's a lot of jokes about erectile dysfunction, you know, colostomy bags and uh, prostate exams. But there's some really cool cameos. Paul Reiser's in the second season, if you remember him from Mad About You back in the day. And he's actually <laughs> very funny and old, sadly. <laughs> Just older than you think. And then there's, there's other, like Jane Seymour 
you know the the what was the Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman lady, and then Kathleen Turner, who's an old school act. There's a ton of old people. Nobody, nobody's gonna die <laughs> before season three. We hope, but check it out. It really is good. But just understand. Uh, it's it's maybe set for a little bit older. The Kaminsky Method on Netflix. And then, I don't know how I missed this. I love Flight of the Concords. I absolutely love it. And Jermaine Clement, uh, Jermaine Clement is, is awesome. He's from New Zealand. And then I saw, you know, the, uh, the Jojo Rabbit movie with um, Tika Waititi. I'm saying the name wrong. I know I am. Tika Waititi. He won the Oscar for Jojo Rabbit for, I think, uh, Adapted Screenplay. Back in 2014, they did a vampire mockumentary called What We Do in the Shadows. And it is amazing, okay? First of all, not only is it amazing, the intro music, the, the theme music for the movie and for the docuseries, or mockumentary series, is phenomenal. Don't sing if you want to live long They have no use for your song You're dead, you're dead, you're dead You're dead and out of this world The song is by uh, Norma Tanega, like from 1966. She was a folk singer. I don't know where they found this. I started researching. She had a, a, hit, a minor hit song, 1960-whatever-it-was, called uh, Walking My Cat Named Dog. Like, went to number 22 on the charts. And the music is phenomenal. But that's just what they use as the theme song for What We Do in the Shadows. So, again, a movie in 2014. Jermaine from Flight of the Concords is one of the stars. This is a mockumentary series that, that was on FX. And I saw it on Hulu. There's 10 episodes in the first season. I believe on April 16th, a second season is going to debut and it's the it's a again vampire mockumentary it's three vampires who are obviously hundreds of years old but don't appear to be hundreds of years old and apparently they've they live in a house on staten island and it's just ridiculous they also have a guy that lives in the house um he's an energy vampire his name's Colin Robinson, and his character is absolutely uh, hilarious. But uh, those are three definite shows. What We Do in the Shadows, both the mockumentary series, FX Hulu, and the movie from 2014, The Kaminsky Method on Netflix, and the documentary Wild Wild Country. Stuff on your TV you may not have seen that you really should see on your TV. By the way, I am King of the Castle. I am Lord of the Manor. You might be in Southie. That's what I call Summerlin South. It will catch on. Oh, yes, it will. You might go, my God, I didn't know. I didn't know that Chip Gaines lived in, in Summerlin South. Oh, that, that's Spence. Dude, I built something in my backyard. I am not a do-it-yourselfer, but I did it myself. Well, when it comes to certain things, I do it myself all the time. But when it comes to like, you know, HGTV do-it-yourselfer stuff. No, I'm an artist, man. Okay? I make up stupid songs. Okay? And this is why I have so much respect for people that build things, that work hard, that dig ditches, that do, because I, I just don't do it. Invariably, what happens is I start a project because I want to do it, and then some little thing happens that throws me off, and then 
I just get furious. I like in one house, I decided I wanted to put up blinds and I nearly through the blinds, through the window they were supposed to cover, along with myself jumping right after, because I kept stripping the head of the screws with my electric screwdriver. Okay, I did a bathroom remodel. I had a buddy do most of the hard work, but I was to finish painting and all that kind of stuff. Downstairs bathroom, uh, and I'm like, yeah, I've got the idea. I designed it. Because I'm an artist, man. I designed it. I know exactly what I want it to look like. And <laughs> the box of assorted tools and, you know, bathroom hardware and whatnot that I'd removed sat in a box. And my wife will tell you, it took two and a half years, two and a half years to finally complete it. So I'm not, I'm not a home improvement guy, but a few months back, we decided to pay professionals to do some work in the backyard, put down pavers. They're like bricks, if you don't know. So we have more of a patio area and a little walkway to a palapa that we had installed years ago. A palapa is a one post like a hut. Okay, it's a big circle hut, little table in the middle. So we had all this done. A buddy's moving. He's selling his barbecue. We buy this barbecue. It's a great barbecue. It's only 40 bucks. And we sit it off in the dirt against the retainer retaining wall and it's sitting there. But I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm like... I want to put it on a pad. I want to take the same pavers that the professionals used, and I want to make a pad right off the palapa. So, I, I love my palapa, by the way. Uh, and look it up, P-A-L-A-P-A, -A -A, so you know exactly what I'm talking about. I love it. And I'm always mad if people come over and don't sit under the palapa, because it's, it's cool, man. It looks like you're at a resort. <laughs> so, I decide. I'm going to pull out some foliage. I'm going to yank it out of the ground. I'm going to cap the uh, irrigation that's, that's underground there. I'm going to dig it out, and I'm going to put my own patio pavers there and then put the barbecue right there, right off the palapa. That way you could, hey, you're having a Mai Tai. Oh, look, he's barbecuing over there. Oh, cool, yeah. So like any person who doesn't do a lot of stuff like this, the DIY stuff, I went to YouTube, and I'm looking at it, and it, it's... It looks challenging. The first thing you have to do is you have to dig out the section of the area. I decided on a six foot by five foot pad, 30 square feet. That's the other thing. If, when you start doing a do-it-yourself project, you start to go, okay, how do you do the math again? How, it's, how do you get square foot? And then later I try to figure out cubic feet. How do you, you do? Okay, so the, the YouTube video is very precise. You got to dig down into the dirt six inches. Okay, now, that, my friends, is a pain in the ass. Only six inches. <laughs> okay, you have to dig down six inches. So, I'm excavating, and I say excavating because it's, this is how serious I took it. I dug out 15 cubic feet of dirt. You wouldn't think for a six by five section, six inches deep, it'd be that much dirt. Holy shit, man. That is, that is a ton of dirt. I have a mountain underneath my aforementioned palapa of dirt. Like three and a half feet tall, stacked of dirt. Like seven feet wide of dirt. Now, I don't know what the hell I'm going to do with this dirt. What do you do with the dirt that you've excavated <laughs> from your barbecue paver pad? 
So, I mean, I can't, I can't put it in my pockets like Andy Dufresne and just, you know, drop handfuls of it in the yard. So you got to dig six. This was incredibly tough. And you got to dig it. It's got to stay even. You got to have it level. If you remember the movie Goodfellas, they had to take the one guy up to New York and, uh, and bury him. Any mob movie, for that matter. And they always say, if you're going to commit a murder, you should uh, you dig the grave first. I can't imagine having to dig a six-foot grave. Okay, so you're talking six feet deep, what, at least five or six feet long. I, d- I did the math on this. I excavated 15 cubic feet of dirt, and it nearly killed me. To dig a grave? It's like 108 cubic feet of earth you have to move. So, uh, this is why uh, serial killers and whatnot, they always say uh, the victim was found in a shallow grave. You know why? Because digging graves, digging in the earth, shovel or whatever, is friggin' hard, man. So I'm digging away. And, And Vegas... If you're going to dig in, the, it, Vegas doesn't have dirt. It has rocks with some, with some grains of dirt around them. So every size rock you can think of, from little ones to softballs, you know, ping pong, all over the place. And I'm digging, clink, clink. And I'm hitting something huge. I don't know what it is, but as I dig around it, it's getting bigger and bigger. And I'm trying to, you know, get the pickaxe underneath and the shovel underneath it. I'm trying to dislodge it. And I'm beginning to think that... <laughs> That it might be a portal to hell. That I might have found it. It might be right here in my backyard. I'm starting to think, as I get the the shovel underneath, I can kind of leverage it up, and then you can see the dirt kind of fall underneath it. And I'm I'm seriously, for a moment, thinking that it's Stranger Things, and I have found the pathway uh, to the Upside Down. (laughs) But as I continue to work around it, I finally... Get enough leverage to get it up. And it is a medicine ball-sized chunk of concrete. It looks as if, you've seen this, if a pole, for some other reason, some street sign has been uprooted, it typically has a giant ball of concrete around it. So at some point in the history of my home, of that particular lot here in Southie, Someone decided to bury a medicine ball-sized piece of concrete, a giant concrete ball. I don't know why. Did somebody make a mistake and they spilled concrete and they just left it there? I I don't know. I don't know why it was there. So then I get it out of the hole. So now I have three and a half feet by seven feet, 15 cubic feet of excavated earth with rocks and <laughs> the lid to the upside down sitting in my, I don't know what to do with this stuff, by the way. Where, I don't know where to take it. But anyway, that's, that's the first step. I know there's irrigation running underneath what I want to do, so I've got to watch out for that and not, you know, break anything. So I figure that out. I find the irrigation. I find little tubes and I cap them off. Little caps you buy at, at Star Nursery. I cap them off so that no more water will run, you know, underneath my pavers. So I get that all taken care of. The next step is you have to put down four inches of paver gravel. Now, I don't have a truck. I am not a do-it-yourselfer and social distancing and whatnot. I can't ask a buddy to, hey, uh, can you drive me uh, to Home Depot? So I get, I get 
six bags at a time. Now, understand for 30 square feet, I need upwards of 30, was it no, 24 bags of these. They're bags of rock, man. They're heavy. So I'm lifting them into the thing. And, I, and, I, and I, I get six of them home and I start and I start dumping the bag out. Heavy bags. And the first one comes out like you would think paver gravel would look like. It's just gray with, with rocks in it. But the next five bags of paver gravel look like dirt with rocks. It's what it, it just looks like regular dirt with rocks. So I'm looking at this stuff that I spent $4.58 a bag on, and I need 24 bags. And I'm like, well, why don't I use this giant pile of dirt that is literally two feet from me? And I won't have to go to Lowe's or Home Depot to buy it. I can just shovel it back where I got it. But I'm trying to do this right. I don't want to screw it up, so I'm going to pay the money to get the paver gravel. I go back and forth to Home Depot. I'm wearing a mask, okay? I'm doing it properly, sanitizing my hands. I'm practicing social distancing. So I get all that done, okay? So that's all covered. I've got it. I've got a level. I've got a leveler, a leveler. By the way, I had, did have a shovel, a regular shovel. I even had a pickaxe. So you'd think I'm not a do-it-yourselfer, but I do have certain tools. Uh, but what you have to do with the paver gravel is you have to smash it down. You have to take it, and they, and they have a, I, so I'm looking at, I don't even know what to call it, okay? So I, I, I know I have to smash it down. So I, I go on Google, and I type in, um, tool to flatten dirt. <laughs> and the first thing that comes up is this, uh, it's, it's a, it's a push toe lawn roller, but it's like a hundred bucks. It's a big roller, you know, it, it, I, I'm trying to think, oh, it looks like a lint, you know, like a lint roller? It looks like one of those, except you, you know, you roll, it's heavy and you roll it over the dirt and you smash it. You, you, you think. Then I find out that this tool to flatten dirt is called a tamper. And I discover an eight inch blade dirt tamper. It's basically a stick with an eight by eight inch square heavy weighted square on the bottom and you hold a stick and you tamper that you flatten the dirt and you make it even you level it that in itself is difficult so i get that done now there's one more step after that you gotta you gotta put down an inch of paver sand i don't know how this sand is any different than any other kind of sand but again i want to do it right so i grab paver sand and then you you smooth it out and you take your leveler and you you make sure it's good. Now, this is where you're going to put the, the paver stones. So they're going to be firm in the sand. Okay? So I'm, I'm on my way. I've got it level. I've got the thing going. I've got a pattern going. I got the whole idea. I've got 90% of it done, and I'm going to take a break. Because the bending and the squatting and the grabbing the bricks and the loading the sand. And by the way, I again, because <laughs> I don't have a pickup truck, I had to go back and forth. I needed, I needed six bags of paver sand, and so I had to go get that. In addition... I had to go to Star Nursery to get all of the, the paver bricks, and they're not going to fit in, in my car. So I had to make four trips on that. But we're to that point. I'm putting them down. It's looking right. It's even. It's level. I've got a, I've got a, I've got a barbecue paver pad, man. So I get it where I'm just about done. And the way the pad is set up, it, 
it's going to link up with the cement foundation of the palapa, which is like a 10-foot diameter circular pad of concrete. The hard part now is that I'm going to have to take some sort of saw and cut some of these stone pavers so it fits around the circle. I'm not going to do that on, on the first day. I'm going to... I've, I've worked at this all day. I'm not kidding. 15 hours. I worked on this. So I had it all... I had 90% done. The cutting stuff's tough, but the tough part, you know, the really hard labor part's pretty much done. I'm sitting in the backyard... I glance over to admire my work thus far, and I notice that on the far right side, there seems to be some seepage, some water coming up between the cracks of a couple of the bricks. And I'm like, oh, okay, maybe no big deal. Maybe there's just a slight little leak. So it's dark by this time. I put lights on the best I can. I take my flashlight on my phone and I prop it up. And I start removing some of the some of the pavers. And as I remove them, I realize, no, this is not a small leak. This is a gusher. Soon as I remove the pavers, it fills up like a pond. It's just a murky brown pond. And I'm trying to find, because again, under an inch of sand and four inches of paver gravel is is the irriga irrigation tube, okay? And it had these little tiny tubes that came off to water the plants that used to be there. So I'm digging in the sand. I'm sloshing water around. I can't find it! And by the way, my legs are killing me because I'm not squatted down, but I'm my legs are kind of apart and I'm kind of bent over, but my legs are, and I'm trying to find it. And I finally figure out where the big irrigation tube is and I can feel the water gushing. It's shooting out and I'm putting a finger over the top. Okay, I've got this one. I'm trying to find all the little things I need to, to make it stop. So I find a, the, the little pieces of equipment I need and I plug the hole and I put another stopper in it and okay, I get down. Ah, oh, geez, there's two of them. There's two gushers. So I'm trying to find the other one. My legs are like, I'm to the point where I'm going to give up. I'm just going to just say, forget it. But I'm, I'm trying, I, and I squat down to try to put pressure on other muscles that I wasn't using. And I can't get the little plug into the hole. And it's the water's everywhere. And I'm going, babe, will you give me a, a giant fast food cup? I need to get the water out. And it's just a disaster. And it's one of these things, like I told you earlier, when I started doing you know, the bathroom project, all I need is one little thing and I'll put it off. I'm not doing it. Screw this. I'm not meant to do do-it-yourself projects. But I, but I plugged it. And then I, left, I let it be. Because I'm not going to work on it at night. It's, I've already spent 15 hours. My legs are dead. So the next morning I get up and I go down to see what the damage is. And of course, all of that paver gravel and sand and everything else has been smooshed off to the side. And 90% of the job work I had done, completely wasted. But I got to test the sprinklers to see, make sure the irrigation system's not still leaking since I plugged it and I tested it. No leaks. So what I, what I assume happened is after I topped everything off on the irrigation system the first time, and then I went and took my, my uh, uh, what was it called? My 8-inch blade dirt tamper to, to smash down the paver gravel, that I must have popped the tops off of these things. And that's what happened. So I get, I get everything back in play this in the morning and i start late so i'm back to i'm back to where i was the night before uh we had basically uh the mighty miss completely go over the uh the levees and destroy my my paver my, my 
barbecue paver pad. So now I've got to cut these stone pavers to fit around this, you know, the edge of the circular pad for the palapa. And I, I'm going to rent a circular saw with a, with a blade for stones or something. But Home Depot says, no, we don't have that. You can only buy the big paver cutter thing. And it, it won't fit my car. <laughs> I'm like, uh, what if I don't have a pickup truck? He's like, well, you have an SUV? No. So I decide to get, it's called an angle cutter. I get an angle cutter. And the guy tells me what blade to get, and I and I take it home, and I'm going to cut these bricks to, the, and and I start going, and and it's it's tough, and apparently I have no comprehension of what a straight line is. I take a pencil, I measured out, I needed to cut this brick in half, and still ended up diagonal, ended up where the top part of the brick was fine, and the sides were kind of fine, but then the b- bottom was crooked, and, and then I realized the blade he gave me was a masonry thing that it didn't. Pretty much this. It started at four and a half inches, and by the time I got through three bricks, it was down to three inches. <laughs> so I'm like, ah. Oh. And cutting bricks in half is easy. You, you kind of score it, you know, on each side, and then you just kind of drop it on the cement, and it, it usually breaks in half. But this is stuff that's cut around circles, like little slivers and whatnot. So I go back to Lowe's, and I find one that a blade that is designed for cutting stone it's a bad boy again it's a it's a small angle cutter it's it's not the right tool for the job but it it had to do and i spent all afternoon whittling down these bricks (laughs) getting just the right angle so they'll fit along the contour of the palapa pad so they'll fit just right okay so it takes all day my neighbors you know i was bitching on instagram the other day about Two neighbors down, have, they have a little dog, and it just, from 6 a.m. on, it just barks. And it's not the dog's fault, I get it, it's the owners who apparently don't give a flying about the dog, but it sits in the back, and it's irritating. Well, as irritating as that dog was, me cutting bricks for about eight hours, <laughs> and you have to understand, I only had to cut maybe 10 bricks to get them to fit, but that's how long it took to get them just right. And I'm happy to say that after a total man hours of 23 hours, what, 23 and one quarter hours, and a total cost, including all supplies, the angle saw, of $335, I have a 6x5 barbecue paver pad. And I must tell you, I sat and looked at it from different angles throughout the backyard. Arms folded, head tilted to the side, then to the other side, just admiring my handiwork. (laughs) I'm not kidding. I have never, I have not been that happy and so fulfilled in my entire life than I was after completing my barbecue paver pad and Acknowledging that I am a man and I can build stuff. Thank you very much. (laughs) If you need tips, man, I've done it once. I'm thinking about doing a walk path from the gate all the way to the palapa on the other side. I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. This is the song of the week for this week. I know it's a little dated with Easter, but it's the story of Peter Quarantale on the church 
of Spenstology Podcast. Where is Peter Cottontail? He's not on the bunny trail. Hippity hoppity peat shelter and stay. Quarantining stole his joy. With his family he's annoyed. But he will flatten the curve Easter day. A thermometer for Tommy grabbed a mask for Sister Sue. Got some Purell for your mommy and some toilet paper too. Where is Peter Cottontail? Stuck in his hole, drunk on ale. Hippity hoppity sweatpants every day. Just like you, he's unemployed. His business model's been destroyed. Says, what am I gonna do with all these eggs? You've been listening to the Church of Spenceology podcast. Hosted by Spence, the only man in America. With a Dr. Ouchie, Tramp Stamp. Hey man, if you like what you're hearing, please tell somebody. Subscribe if you can. And for all the other stuff... Alexa has details on where you can find it. Follow Spence on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Spenceology at S-P-E-N-C-E-T-O-L-O-G-Y. And check out Spenceology.com. By the way, thank you to Professor Blue and Castor Troy. This is their music. It's called Late Night Touch. Thank you so much for listening to Church of Spenceology podcast. Be safe. Stay healthy. And if you see me in Walmart, for the love of God, will you stay six feet away? Enough. See ya.